It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. On a Thursday morning here at the Shank of the Day on Wax 104.5, Bob Bosold with you. Jill is off the next couple of days as she and her family lay her big brother Mark Zimmerman to rest as Mark, the longtime ag instructor over at Spencer High School passed away about a week ago, and uh, visitation will be today from 2 this afternoon until 8 o'clock this evening, and I would think they'll need all that time. Mark was a big influence in so many ways in agriculture here in Wisconsin, not only with students, but uh, adults, the community. But uh, Mark Zimmerman's visitation today from 2 until 8, that will be at Spencer High School and then the funeral service will be tomorrow at 11 o'clock on Friday at Faith Lutheran Church in Marshfield. And the graveside, graveside ceremony where Mark will be laid to rest back home at the Thompson Valley Cemetery down in the Augusta area later on tomorrow afternoon about 4 o'clock. So again, we send our condolences out to Jill and her entire family and Mark's uh, wife Cheryl and all the kids and his folks Larry and Carol Zimmerman down in the Augusta area. Only 56 years old. Cheated out of a lot of life, unfortunately. Cancer is a tough thing to overcome. Mark fought for the last few years and uh, wasn't to be. He passed away last Wednesday. And again, the visitation for Mark Zimmerman today from 2 to 8 at Spencer High School. And we'll remind you of that again a little later on as we go along. And uh, one of the things I know he was looking forward to, but uh, won't be there, Farm Technology Days next week. And, of course, that's Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday over at Rail Acres and Rustic Occasions in the Loyal area. And don't forget, that does include Farm Tech Fest. That's going to be a real highlight of the show, first time ever. And we congratulate the folks at Clark County for taking such an event on. But they're going to have a show, a Farm Tech Fest Joe Nichols, Sawyer Brown, Madison County will all be there to perform, and the gates will open at 4.15 on Wednesday, and Madison County will play at 5, Sawyer Brown at 7, Joe Nichols at 9, and it's going to be quite a concert. And if you haven't gotten tickets yet, you can still get them, www.farmtechfest.com. So get your tickets, and it does look like right now the advanced forecast I looked ahead, and Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, low 80s, partly cloudy to partly sunny. So it looks like it should be good weather for Farm Tech Days next week in Clark County. Looking forward to that. We'll be getting over there the next few days and setting up our booth. We want to make sure you stop by our booth. We'll be just off the corner of 5th and Central towards the middle of Tent City and uh, stop in because we've got uh, four half hogs we are going to be giving away courtesy of Smith Brothers Meats in Colby. There, it's as good a meat as you're going to get. And you got a chance to win a half a hog. Four folks going to win a half a hog. Four half hogs will be giving away. So stop in and register for that when you're at the show. And uh, again, we want to thank all the folks that are with us at Farm Technology Days. And as we said, weather doesn't look too bad. We'll check it out. Let's take a look at our weather forecast. Marquardt Motors bringing us the weather this morning. And don't forget your Marquardt Motors service department open for your 5,000-mile scheduled maintenance visit with a complimentary tire rotation. 
Vehicle health check and car wash. Schedule yours. MarkWartMotors.com. Chance of rain in the forecast for today. High is going to be about 83. Then Friday, Saturday, Sunday should be nice. Should be right around 80 degrees for highs, partly cloudy. Then there is a chance of rain on Monday with a high of 84. But for Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, looks awful nice. Partly cloudy temperatures in the low 80s at 67 right now. Hey, these guys are going to be at uh, Farm Tech Fest. Sawyer Brown, you'll have fun with them on that step. Sawyer Brown, step that step. You'll hear that, I'm sure, at Farm Tech Fest next Tuesday as part of Farm Technology Days in Clark County. It's about a minute after 5. This is 104.5 FM, WAXX Eau Claire. That means it's news time. NBC News Radio, I'm Mark Mayfield. The FBI director says federal charges are possible in connection with the July 4th parade shooting north of Chicago. The suspected shooter is charged with seven counts of first-degree murder after killing over a half a dozen people and injuring many more in Highland Park on Monday. Director Chris Ray said if the facts gathered end up supporting a federal prosecution, then his team will work to pursue federal charges as well. WNBA star Brittany Griner is due back in court in Russia today. Brian Shook reports. The Phoenix Mercury star stands accused of having under a gram of cannabis oil in her luggage when she was arrested at the airport in Moscow back in February. Greiner has written to President Biden expressing concern that she'll never be allowed to return home. I'm Brian Shook. General Motors is revealing it received nearly $4 billion in tax credits from the state of Michigan after the company filed for bankruptcy in 2009. Lisa Taylor has more. The funds came from a Michigan Economic Growth Authority agreement, and GM agreed to a $3.8 billion cap that was expected to run from 2010 through 2029. The company says the funds have led to the creation of over 10,000 jobs since 2011. GM reduced the credit to just under $3.5 billion in January 2020. I'm Lisa Taylor. And a Mississippi judge won't block the state's ban on almost all abortions from going into force today. Attorneys for Mississippi's only abortion clinic had argued that the right of privacy under the state's constitution includes a right to abortion. In her decision on Tuesday, Judge Deborah Halford wrote, The plain wording of the Mississippi Constitution does not mention abortion. A 2007 trigger law calling for a ban on abortions was contingent on the Supreme Court overturning Roe v. Wade. Medical staff and volunteers at the Jackson's Women's Health Clinic saw patients for the last time on Wednesday. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Five minutes after five o'clock and weather looks pretty good leading up to and through Farm Technology Days, but subject to change as our weather always is. Today there is that chance of rain out there. With a high of 83. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, partly cloudy, right around 80, low 80s. Monday, there's a chance of rain with the 84. Then it looks like at least the advanced forecast now are reaching out. But I looked ahead. Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, looks like partly cloudy. Temperatures in the low 80s. Nice morning out there now. Medford, 61, 64 in Wausau. Marshfield at 65, 71 in La Crosse. That's the warm spot. Green Bay is at 61, Madison, Sun Prairie, Milwaukee at 66 this morning. And we're one better than that. We're at 67 degrees here in the Valley. Farm markets are brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. Rural Mutual Insurance. 
Keeping Wisconsin strong. As the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin, Rural Mutual Insurance is rewarding their farm policyholders for their loyalty and commitment to Wisconsin agriculture through their farm dividend program. The farm dividend pays up to 5% back on your farm premium. Visit RuralMutual.com to learn how you could qualify. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And if you don't know what a Dutch auction is, get into economy and find out all about it. Very interesting concept, those Dutch auctions. And, hey, coming up in just a a few moments, we're going to visit with our new Section 3 FFA Vice President, Kendra Goplin, from down in the Whitehall FFA chapter. So uh, I best better... Call Mindy and Shane and tell them to get out of bed if they want to hear their daughter on the radio this morning because uh, we'll hear from Kendra here in uh, just uh, a few minutes. But first of all, let's take a look at markets brought to you, as we said, by Rural Mutual Insurance. Choice-fed beef steers and heifers so far this week, trading at 138 to 146 on the choice, mixed 120 to 137. Choice-fed Holstein steers, 126 to 133 and a half. The market cows, 70 to 108 on the top end. Bulls, 90 to 112. Butcher hogs, 75 to 103. The sows, 49 to 56. The boars, 20 to 25 and a half. New crop market lambs, 120 to 150 with the feeder lambs, 75 to 205. At the Mercantile Exchange on Livestock Futures, markets were higher at the close yesterday. August live cattle, 134.50, up 157. October at 139.95, up 147. December cattle, 145.35, up $1.30 in February at $150 even. That's up 115. Feeder cattle for August at 173.30, up 60. September feeders, 177.07, up 97. October, 18037 up a dollar 40 November 18257 up 147 January 18277 up 137 lean hog carcass contracts July 11315 and uh, that was up a dollar August 10920 up 325 October 9222 up 282 in December at 8412 up 132 Board of Trade yesterday, corn and beans finally turned it around, started out lower, but they did end the day trade a little higher. Wheat was lower overnight and uh, also lower yesterday. August crude oil down another 81 cents a barrel and uh, now at 98.69 a barrel. Going in the right direction. Corn overnight up 8 cents for December at 593. The oats up 6 at 439. December wheat up 25. At 8.46, and November soybeans up 29 cents, 13.52 meal for October up $7 a ton at $386.30. Barrel cheese up a quarter cent, 2.16 and three quarters. Blocks and butter unchanged, blocks 208 and a half, the butter at 294. July class three up 29 at 22.39. August down 24 at 21.44. September down 41 at 21.54. October down 35 at 22.05. November down 44 at 2201 as prices were lower in the Class 3 board out through next spring. Ten minutes after 5 o'clock, and here we'll hear from Ken DeGoplin of Whitehall, one of our newest FFA officers next, right here on Wax. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. In Section 3... 
the new state officer for our Wisconsin FFA team for 2022-2023 is Kendra Goplin of the Whitehall FFA chapter. And Kendra, over the years, we haven't said that very much, a state officer from Whitehall. No, I'm the first one from Whitehall, so it's going to be a privilege to be able to serve FFA as the first state officer from Whitehall. So what was your motivation, other than your mom, who is, uh, of course, the ag instructor, Melinda, down there, what kind of motivation did you have and desire to run for this office? So basically, Wisconsin FFA has so many different opportunities for their students. And going through FFA throughout the years, seeing as my mom is my advisor, I have seen all of these opportunities. But I also realized that not every student knows these opportunities as well. So as a state officer this year, hopefully I'm able to enhance those opportunities and let the members know how diverse those opportunities are. Like, we have an artwork contest at state convention that maybe members don't know about we have a state choir talent contest and a bunch of other competitions and events that members can participate in well we're looking forward to uh, seeing you accomplish those goals and others during the course of the year but you're a year out from high school so what have you been doing this last year I have been out at South Dakota um, as a student at South Dakota State University, majoring in agricultural education and then a minor in social and digital media. So hopefully with that, I'll be able to get a career in social media, working for a company to share agriculture story. So what about that uh, education for the next year? Are you going to be able to take classes remotely at South Dakota? What are you going to do? I've been working with my uh, advisor out there at South Dakota, and I will be able to take credits online. So I'll be busy, but nothing I can't handle. I knew what I was signing up for. So. Well, that's great. Tell me about your career in FFA at Whitehall, because you've been busy, and you received a national proficiency award that was pretty special as far as agricultural education. You really pitched in during COVID. Yeah, I did. So starting out in Whitehall FFA, my mom was my advisor, so I tagged along to all the events. So I knew what I wanted to do. And at State Fair, I knew exactly that I wanted to participate in agricultural education. So pre-COVID, I started to teach elementary students about agriculture and go went into their classrooms and taught them about different topics in, in agriculture. And during COVID, obviously those in-person classroom visits, they had to stop. But then I realized that agriculture teachers, their mode of teaching had to change drastically. So I started what we call digital interactive notebooks, being able to give students the opportunity to learn the same thing, whether they were remote or in-person or a mixture of both. What I did, I created those and I sent them out to ag teachers and that wound me up at National Convention on the stage winning the National Proficiency Award. Obviously the teachers were very accepting of what you had to offer. Give us an idea about what some of that curricula was that you put into those digital notebooks. So my favorite one that I was able to do was one on genetics in animal science. I was told that I saved a teacher weeks worth of work creating this notebook because it's so hands-on and you need to make sure that the students have a baseline understanding and the genetics they just it builds so that's a really important lesson for students to get and the teachers were super receiving of that one because I took a hands-on lab portion of it and I turned it into a digital thing where the students got the same thing out of it. Was this one and done or can they reuse these year after year how will these work in the future? 
eggs. I sent them out on the listserv to the Wisconsin FFA listserv. So any ag teacher that wasn't on the listserv, they can contact me at my Wisconsin FFA email, and I would be more than happy to share um, for free. I don't charge anything for them. So if they want them, feel free to use them. Otherwise, contact another ag teacher who might have them. And use more than once, year after year. Year after year, all they have to do is download a template. And again, that's Kendra Goplin from the FFA at Whitehall, who's serving as the state reporter, Section 3 state officer. Again, I say good kids doing good things. She helps so many teachers, and I've talked to teachers that have used that uh, curriculum that she put together, and she, they told me almost to a person that, uh, well, everybody I talked to said so invaluable, saved them so much time. And it was so instructional and so well done from a perspective of a student, not from a teacher who might expect the students to, you know, know all this stuff. It was just a a different perspective, and it did uh, win Kendra a National Proficiency Award at last fall's FFA convention. So, again, Wisconsin FFA in good hands with Section 3 FFA officer Kendra Goplin from the Whitehall FFA. She'll serve as the reporter. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 18 minutes after 5 o'clock. And uh, let's take a look at some of our farm news. Some members of Congress are pushing for more agricultural restrictions on countries that are, let's say, less than friendly to the United States. Last week, the House Agricultural Appropriations Committee approved a measure that would prohibit countries like China, Russia, North Korea, and others like that from buying American farmland. This week, they want to expand the language of that proposal to include those countries from buying American agricultural companies. They want to make sure our future food security isn't threatened by those countries as we move forward. Some members of Congress say a good example of that threat to our national food security is the 2013 purchase of our largest pork producer and processor, Smithfield Foods. The Chinese bought that operation for $4.7 billion. And agricultural activities around the world continue to be in a state of flux. After more than 130 days of the Russian attacks on Ukraine, Russian officials who now control southern Ukraine say they have agreed to sell Ukrainian grain to the Middle East. Just as Ukrainian officials begin talks with the United Nations and Turkey to restart some grain exports. Elsewhere, China has canceled at least five soybean cargoes from the United States in the past week. While in Brazil, grain watchers are now saying the corn crop there will be 112 million metric tons, up about 2 million from earlier estimates. So, uh, again, challenges in the Ukraine because of Russia, but uh, lots going on in the world. Coming up, we're going to hear from uh, some folks from Carry Ingredients, from a Scott Glennon. He's the vice president of Taste. I wonder what kind of job that is. Pam Yonke has all that. Coming up next on Wax. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. The supply chain is still in flux. Bob Bosel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn. And when you go to the grocery store, you've seen shelves that are empty or half empty more than I think I can remember in my life. 
but it is still a fact of life. And uh, Pam, companies all over the country, all over the world are trying to find enough ingredients to get their products on the market. And it's not easy. You know, and it's impacting us in strange and unique ways. Fabulous farm by Pam Yankee at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. You know, I got a chance to visit with Scott Glennon. He is the vice president of taste for the North American branch of Carry Ingredients in Beloit, Wisconsin. Now, think about that title, Vice President of Taste. But literally, Carry Ingredient started as a dairy cooperative in Ireland and now is celebrating its 50th anniversary. And all they focus in on are the tastes that you and I enjoy. And because of those supply chain disruptions, it's gotten to be a pretty complicated uh, uh, goal of keeping people entertained through their taste buds. And Scott goes on to explain there's always new avenues they're pursuing, not the least of which is in plant-based proteins and that flavor. First, we start off with a little history about Kerry Ingredient and what it takes to be the vice president of taste. So our taste portfolio, it stems from we do coffee extracts, stocks and oh. broths, um, citrus ingredients, um, savory flavors, beverage flavors. So anything you probably eat or drink during your day has a carry product in it hmm. um, or has a taste profile that you influenced. that is influenced by carry. Thank you for that. Yeah. Hmm. And um, so, so that being said is if it doesn't taste good, you're not going to eat or drink it. Mm-hmm. And we're there to help consumers enjoy their products. Um, and, and it's, we've got a sensory lab upstairs that can validate things for us. Hmm. We've got um, a, a plant down in Lakeland, Florida, where we do our citrus products. Mm. So um, we're very, um, uh, pretty er- vertically integrated in that mm-hmm. respect for our ingredients. Talk to me a little bit about how things uh, had to change during the pandemic. Yeah. I mean, of all times, consumers became acutely aware of where they were getting food from, and then all of a sudden everybody turned into a cook and suddenly are paying attention to specific ingredients. What was going on right here? So... <clears throat> During the pandemic, we worked from home, and it was a non-essential, like I say, essential. The lab employees came in every day, and Mm -hmm. kudos to those people up there in in the labs. They came in every single day of the pandemic. Um, What we found out during the pandemic is people's eating habits changed. Mm -hmm. They didn't go out to dinner, so the food service industry and our business and food service went down. However, as you know, the grocery stores were packed with people, so beverages um, we're hot. We're, we're, we're going through the roof. Powdered beverage in particular, we're going through the sustainability is a big part of it. So we saw our project load and our business on the powdered beverage side go go up. So um, that changed how we had to pivot um, because we do a lot of liquid beverage compounding and, and powder beverage compounding. So our demand um, kind of ebb and flowed during the, um, the pandemic. We also found that raw materials from China and India were extremely tough to get because ports were mm. being closed. So we had to go out longer on some raw materials and, and really kind of um, predict the market a bit mm-hmm. and bring in some raw materials. It's not always good to carry yeah. inventory. So we, we, we've, I don't think we've mastered the art of it, but we've, um, we've almost perfected it a little bit on, on what materials we need to bring in. Now, post-pandemic, we're in a bit of a bind too because some key raw materials are not available any longer. People have gotten out of the business because of the pandemic, what they did to their businesses. So we're having to find replacements, Mm -hmm. um, new sources of raw material. Absolutely. 
We found that the citrus market is, is um, we're talking lime down to Mexico. The crops aren't that well. This Ooh. year, the Florida crops in orange didn't tar- turn out that well. Mm-hmm. So we're having to source different citruses globally now, which is actually puts a little more pressure on with, with cost, num- number well, sure. one. Transportation. But bringing them in because there's a shelf life on, on fruits and vegetables. Wow. Mm-hmm. Boy, you just opened Pandora's box on all kinds of questions. So where would you estimate, Scott, that you source most, most of your ingredients? You know, if you take a look at the world, got a wild idea? Because, again, I think people concentrate on North America and forget some of the savory uh, goals, some of that, like you said, citrus, they yeah. come from outside North America. So everything comes out from, say, not everything. Let me retract that. We source from every corner of, of the globe, yep. so there's not one that is mm. heavier than the other, mm-hmm. you know. And also, mm-hmm. crops change. You know, the vanilla crop goes mm-hmm. from Madagascar, right. India, and <laughs> Indonesia, so it changes. And with the weather patterns as well, we mm-hmm. have to be on top of, you know, any kind of hurricanes, mm-hmm. tsunamis, what what have you, mm-hmm. it affects these crops. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So let's talk. You mentioned you made it through the pandemic. Things have changed a little bit and will continue to change. So how do you forecast that change? Is it interaction with your end users, the people that are ultimately going to shelf the product, put it out on retail? Tell me a little bit about how those conversations go along and what partnership side of things Carrie brings to the table. Yeah, so we actually have to be more of a partner okay. um, with our customers. And um, we, when we're developing products for them, we, we let them know what possibilities could mm-hmm. be if they're looking for a natural organic mm. um, organic mm. certified product. Ah. We let them know mm-hmm. there could be a possibility of mm. a certain fruit extract that could pose problems. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to get up front of it. It's not, we're not perfect. Nobody's no. perfect no. there. But we're also, with the changing dynamics of um, supply chain, you know, Oh. We've had to extend lead times at some oh. some point in time, and, and it's it's tough. And again, that's Scott Glennon with Kerry Ingredients, Vice President of Taste. I'd like to get that job sometime, but uh, not right now. So uh, again, what's going on? The supply chain hurting so many people, and uh, I found that out last night. I'll talk about that later. 27 and a half minutes after 5 o'clock. We're going to get markets. Rocky's going to join us from over at Premier Livestock in Withy. Agriculture. It's the Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 29 minutes after 5 o'clock on a Thursday morning, 67 right now. Maybe a chance of rain today, high about 83. Let's get over to Premier Livestock in Withy. Rocky Olson joins us. Good morning, Rocky. Good morning. Hey, you guys, uh, I would assume you guys will have a presence at uh, Farm Tech Days uh, down the road next week? Yes, we do. We will have a booth there, you betcha. Uh, are you going to be in one of the agribusness tents, or where are you going to be? In the yeah, yeah we're, we're in the beef tent. Uh, oh, yeah, okay. last, we yeah. were last year. We uh, were in one of the, yeah, I think it's the main agribusness tent. We just tried something a little different this year. Get All right. a few different people, so. Bottom line, you'll be there. Yep, yep, we will be. All right, sounds like a plan. Well, how's the uh, market gone so far this week over there at Premier? Uh, thank you, Bob. Things are going good. Uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, this is uh, yesterday's dairy cattle auction shaped up. We sold 250 head of dairy cattle. Uh, we did have two complete herds. Uh, we had a herd of uh, parlor freestall crossbreds. 
and then we did have a short notice herd of uh, tie stall cows as well. Uh, many very reputation uh, consignments. Uh, we sold lots of top end fresh cows, uh, supreme quality fresh cows from 2000 to 2550. Uh, we sold 25% of our sale over 2200. Many other cows from 1250 to 1975. We sold the top spring and heifers from 1400 all the way up to 2000. Uh, lesser quality cows and spring and heifers 1200 and down. Next week on Wednesday, we get a complete dispersal of uh, 250 Holstein, Red Holstein, and crossbred dairy cows. They're all parlor free stall cows. Uh, we'll recap the week's uh, markets here. Uh, high choice and prime Holstein steers, 129 to 139. Choice beef steers and heifers, 133 to 141. Market cows high yielding, 84 to a dollar six. Uh, most other cows from 70 to 83. Market bulls high yielding from a dollar to a dollar 21. Newborn Holstein bull calves, very, very busy week in the calf department this week. We'll sell over a thousand calves. Uh, most of the Holstein bull calves sold from 75 to 195 per head. Your beef calves 150 to 310. Feeder cattle this week 450 feeders sold on Tuesday. New crop beef calves mostly 140 to two dollars a pound. Those heavier yearlings from 130 to 175, and most weights all classes of Holstein steers from 110 to 145. Uh, we sold bred beef cows mostly from 1100 to 1800. We've seen a top on the bred beef cows at 2000. Beef breeding bulls up to 2100. Next machine. Machinery auction will be coming up August 26. Uh, we are taking in consignments now. If you would like us to come out and take a look at your machinery, we would certainly do that. Uh, questions, give us a call at Premier, 715-229-2500. Uh, full details on our website at premierlivestockandauctions.com. Don't forget to check out our Premier Livestock Facebook page as well. And, Bob, that's the way it's shaped up. All right. Well, and uh, enjoy the rest of your week, and uh, we'll see you next week. Sounds great, Bob. There he goes. That's Rocky Olson over at Premier Livestock in the Withy area. And what's the weather going to be coming up? We'll check on that because Mike Dandry is over in the weather room next. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, let's get our first voice in weather on the farm show, shall we? Mike Dandry is over at Skywarren 13, courtesy of Chippewa Valley Bean this morning. Morning, Mike. Good morning, Bob. How are you this morning? Good, good, good. And uh, right now we're all getting curious about the weather for next week for Farm Tech Days. And at this point in time, it doesn't look too bad. Yeah, right. And, uh, I mean, models have been all over the place lately. But for now, I mean, like I said, things look pretty good, uh, you know, going into the middle of next week especially. But for today, I guess we got to put up with a little bit of rain first. We have a chance, a very slim chance, at a few showers and storms uh, today. Otherwise, mostly cloudy, maybe a few peaks of sun here and there. And our highs climbing to about the low 80s. Still will feel rather humid as you head out the door for today anyways. Going into tomorrow, we'll start off with a little bit of cloud cover early in the morning. Possibly a chance at a, a stray shower here and there. But when we we gradually start to clear out, I should say, going into tomorrow afternoon. And uh, low 80s on tap for our highs. Saturday, plenty of sunshine, low 80s again. And then Sunday, well, that's when we start to see just a chance at a few showers here and there. And uh, Monday and Tuesday bring us a chance at a few stray showers. But uh, otherwise, they don't look like washouts. And then towards the middle of next week, plenty of sunshine and uh, temperatures again in the low 80s. So we're not really looking at much of a heat wave. Now, at the moment, we're looking at some rather thin fog, not quite like we saw the last uh, couple days ago, I should say. And a temperature of 62 degrees in Eau Claire. 
Nice and cool morning out there. Yeah, it uh, certainly could be worse, right? Boy, I guess so. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> Thank you, Bob. You have a good one. You bet. Mike Dandrew over there at Skywarn 13. Looking at the weather on Wax. Brought to you by Chippewa Valley Bean of Menominee. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 24 minutes before 6 o'clock. Let's get into the newsroom. Morgan McCarthy is with us. And Morgan, I was, you know, the supply chain. You never know when it's going to hit you. We were talking about that on the ingredients there, that interview. And then I was out last night. You know what I was looking for? Tell me. Shoelaces. Okay. And you go to the stores, and granted, I only went to four or five, but I thought that was more than I would have to go to to find shoelaces. Sure. And, you know, and some stores have them very spotty. You know, they're not very many to choose from. Okay, limited selection. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't find shoelaces that I needed, you know, but there are a few out there, but not many. It's time for sandals, though. What are you doing (laughs) lacing your shoes up when it's 80 degrees out? Show those hooves off. You got to go to the farrier first, or what? Oh, I should, I should, but every (laughs) once in a while, you need to have a pair of tie shoes on, but uh, no, you're right. I do wear sandals in the summer, but but that was just another example. Things are tough to find. Oh, and those little things like that that you you truly don't think about it or give it no. a second thought until you need a pair, and then you really need a pair, and you like uh, you realize burned, you don't know where yeah, they're from. Burned fifteen dollars worth of gas to find a two dollar <laughs> pair of shoelaces, and wasn't very successful. Did but you find a pair? I found one, but I was looking for three. Well, so you probably I'll... only need two. You have two feet. <laughs> well, I mean, I need three sets for okay. three different pairs of shoes. So anyway, that's my problem. That's my burden to carry. What about the news? What else? What's going on? Well, I'll dig into those headlines. We'll unlace some of those. They keep us in our area today. Good morning. Here's what we're learning. We do know more now about those formal charges in El Tuna's deadly hit and run. Prosecutors in Eau Claire yesterday charged Brendan Barkovich with hit and run, resulting in death and a possession of cocaine as party to a crime. Police say he ran down a man who was walking along Highway 12 Sunday morning, and the judge in the case has ordered Barkovich to be held on $100,000 bond. Stretching the lens a little further, the young man charged with damaging statues at the Wisconsin Capitol during Madison's violent protests in 2020 is not going to jail. A judge yesterday instead sentenced 28-year-old Jacob Capps to three years probation. The sentence actually allows Capps to clear his record after just a year and a half. He was one of hundreds who attacked the Capitol and was identified as the one of the statue vandals because of a distinctive tattoo on his hand. Looking into other headlines, we look at the business picture a little bit closer. As Bob was talking about that supply chain and everything it seems to affect, business owners in Wisconsin are worried about the future. 715 Newsroom coverage with John DeMasters says they seem to think there's more of a recession possibility than not. Wisconsin Manufacturers and Commerce, the state's largest business group, yesterday said over 70% of businesses in the state expect to see a recession in the next year. WMC's Nick Novak says business owners think Wisconsin's economy is doing well but have little faith in the national economy. Businesses in Wisconsin are also worried about inflation and the price and reliability of electricity. I'm John DeMaster. You've done plenty of bopping around to events, and there's more on the way. It's busy season here in Wisconsin, of course, and your wings are probably tired. Not quite as tired as this pigeon, though. An Alabama animal shelter is returning a homing pigeon to its owner, who let's just say is across the pond with a story to tell. Check out the bird's name. The pigeon, named Bob, turned up at the Monroe County Animal Shelter, about 90 miles from Mobile and about 4,000 miles from his intended destination. Bob was supposed to fly 10 hours from the Channel Islands in the UK to his home in northeast England. 
Bob was covered in oil when he landed in Alabama, and his owner believes that the bird hitched a ride on an oil tanker to get across the Atlantic Ocean. I'm Mark Mayfield. I happened to talk to that bird, though, and he said he was looking for shoelaces. Couldn't find him. <laughs> Had to go across the ocean. I'm Morgan McCarthy, and now you are up to date on Wax 104.5. You know, I've had other things named after me down at uh, Nellie's Holstein's where we had the uh, Eau Claire County Dairy Breakfast. Sure. They, uh, they've got a feed pusher. They've got an automated barn now, and they got a feed pusher in the mm-hmm. alley. I don't know if you've ever seen one of those work. They're automated feed pushers, and they go around, and they push the feed up in front of the cows. And mm-hmm. they, you know, it's automated. And uh, Scott Schultz, when he was here, he went down to talk to them. And uh, they said, yeah, that's our automated feed pusher. We named that Bob. Mm-hmm. And he said, Bob, why would you name it Bob? Because they said it only works once in a while. <laughs> and spends most of the time in Hawaii during there the winter, right? That's right. Stay yeah, I warm. see the resemblance all of a sudden. I don't blame you. <laughs> see you later. Anytime, Bob. All right, there goes Morgan on wax this morning. We're not done yet. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. If you can figure out these markets... You're a better man than I, and that's why we on our Olivia Co-op Talk today are visiting with Josh Grunett. And Josh is the senior grain merchandiser with Olivia down at the main office in Cottage Grove. And Josh, I'll tell you, the last uh, year or so, with everything going on in the world from supply chain to COVID to wars to weather, you got a tough job. <laughs> Yeah, that seems to be uh, almost an understatement some days. You you hit on you hit on all the high points, that's for sure. Well, high points or low points, I don't know what they are, but Josh, how you have to look at these through uh the eye of a merchandiser working for a cooperative like Alcivia where farmers' best interests have to come into play. How do you do that? What is your business model and your marketing model that you have at Alcivia? Exactly. That's what we look at every day. I try to get the grain through the supply chain into um, where our destination customers want it and when they want it, and uh, try to provide um, bids and markets um, for farmers so they can deliver to uh, our elevators or to whatever market they see fit and, uh, and deliver when they want it. And they also want to sell it uh, at the current price and we try to smooth the waters out because as you alluded to with wars and supply chain issues and every year we have weather events uh, which last year was no different um, it creates just a lot of choppiness in the marketplace so uh, we're trying to use the co-op's assets uh, rail and truck and different supply chain lanes uh, and matching up commodities back and forth to uh try to get the farmer the best price and get their grain to uh, where it needs to go. Trying to think about that first and foremost every day and then navigate all the headwinds that uh, you alluded to. And the challenge isn't only to identify market trends, but get that information down to the farmers so they can make marketing decisions. How good a system or how comfortable are you with a system at Alcivia that you have that uh, contact with the farmers on almost a daily basis with many of them that are active marketers? You got it, and that's one thing we pride ourselves on is is trying to get that information to the um, producers through our grain origination team we have here at Alcivia. 
we're trying to do that every day and uh, with our other divisions, energy, agronomy, try to understand the, uh, the big picture for the farmer and uh, try to come to them with answers for all the things they have. And you're spot on with uh, kind of the changes that's happened in the last couple of years, starting with uh, some of the, the pig flu in China supply chain issues and then the war um, we're definitely in a high price environment and certainly uh, understand these growers which were operating a business three years ago with a certain dollar amount and they haven't changed their acres or their production and all of a sudden the business that they're running is has three times the risk or three times the amount of dollars tied up into it just because the price of their commodities that they sell and their inputs have have almost tripled so these farmers are trying to uh, manage a little bit uh, riskier business today, and we're trying to help them through that. It's certainly a, a new new time for that, but uh, um, as markets go, you look at a historical chart, and uh, we have high price times and low price ti- times, and uh, that's one of the things on the horizon is how are we going to uh, manage through a correction in price, and uh, how do we not get over our skis there? Um, and how do we help our farmers uh, uh, try to navigate that and just keep them with marketing opportunities, uh, continue to keep them sticking with their marketing plan and uh, selling grain out in front, just not get uh, caught up in the day-to-day commentary of what's happening on the news and just stick with a good, profitable marketing plan. Josh Grunett with Alcivia, the man that's in charge of marketing commodities and helping farmers market their commodities for a profit with Alcivia Cooperative on our Alcivia Co-op Talk Program. Market time on a Thursday at Wax. Let's get to the equity barn at Barron. Robert Cook has the numbers from yesterday. Fed cattle. Choice beef steers and heifers, 124 to 137.50. High-yielding choice Holstein steers, 130 to 142.50. Choice Holstein steers, 115 to 129. Unfinished steers and heifers, 114 and down. Cow cows, top 20% sold from 86 to 95 with a top of 97. 60% sold from 72 to 85. Bottom 20% sold from 71 and down. Cow bulls selling from 108 to 112. Calves, quality Holstein bull calves, 70 to 165 with a top of 182.50. On the beef calves, we had 100 to 270. Our next Saturday sale is July 16th with small animals, sheep and goat, and beef cattle. Starting at 10 a.m. If you have any questions, give us a call at 715-537-5618. Thank you and have a great day. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And more markets. We go to Equity at Sparta now. It is official. Scott Herman, uh, the uh, Equity Sparta sales manager, is going to be retiring after 23 years. Herman will officially retire. On July 15th, and the assistant market manager has been doing the reports lately. Hunt Amon is stepping into the role as Sparta's market manager. So congratulations to Hunt on that job, and Scott, enjoy your retirement. Let's get to the Sparta market from yesterday. Here is Hunt. With the numbers, Fed cattle selling steady today. With the high yielding choice beef steers and heifers, one forty three to one fifty two. The choice and select beef steers and heifers, one thirty two to one forty two. The dairy cross steers, one thirty to one forty two. The high yielding choice Holstein steers, one thirty two to one thirty nine. 
The choice in select Holstein steers, 121 to 131. And the unfinished steers, heifers and heavy steers, 120 and down. Cow market steady today with the high yielding cows, 85 to 99. The cutters and utility cows, 70 to 84. And the low yielding and canner cows, 69 and down. Bulls steady today with most bulls bringing a dollar to a dollar fifteen, and the thin, full, and bulls over a ton discounted at ninety nine and down. Calves today sold by the pound with the steady market with eighty percent of the Holstein bull calves bringing ninety to one eighty. The quality Holstein heifer calves twenty to ninety. The quality beef calves two to three dollars, and the light and poor quality calves ten to sixty cents per pound. Just a reminder: our next sale will be tomorrow, Thursday, July seventh, starting at twelve noon with dairy cattle, followed by feeder cattle at twelve thirty. This is Hot Aim at Equity Livestock in Sparta with this market update, and we thank you for your business. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And we talked about uh, Hud Amon taking over for Scott Herman down at uh, Sparta Equity. And now let's go over to the Stratford Equity. Jerry Fitzgerald is with us. And Jerry, your years at uh, the Stratford Sale Barn working with Equity. I was just thinking, I wonder how many managers you've seen, not only in Stratford, but at Equity down in Baripoo and at all the sale barns around the state. Man, oh, man, you've outlived an awful lot of them as far as working there at the barn. Well, good morning to you, Bob. Like I said, I'm not really at the barn no. much anymore. We was remotely from home here. But, yeah, a lot of, uh, a lot of good uh, folks over the years, and I can remember, uh, oh, goodness, way back in 1976, I believe, when Equity started the Monroe Sale Barn and. uh and, uh, of course, we know a lot of folks from the years by, and uh, well, we still keep in contact with a few of them, especially our friend Mr. Fishbacher over there and Altoona. Uh, mm-hmm. so, yeah, uh, we hope Dave is doing well. He's had some health issues, so uh, working on that. But, uh, yeah, boy, a lot of a lot of folks have come and gone, that's for sure. But you're still there giving us a report from Stratford, so have at it. What's been going on this week? I will do that, Bob. Thank you. And we're already at Thursday, but we'll recap uh, uh, yesterday, Wednesday here at Equity Stratford. We'll start out with the feeder cattle sale yesterday. Uh, on the beef, a lot of lighter weight beef steers and heifers are selling mostly from 130 to 170. Heavier beef steers and heifers are uh, selling in a range mostly from $1.18 to $1.55. Holstein feeders, about all weights to the Holsteins on yesterday's auction from 95 to 125. And now we'll get into the market cattle. Uh, start out with the fed cattle yesterday, choice grading Holstein Steers uh, mostly from 117 to 131. Select grading cattle under finished cattle 115 and below. Cow market continues to be a good steady market on the cows. Good demand, high yielding Holstein and beef cows in yesterday's auction 85 to a dollar, topping at 102. Uh, most of your cows are selling between 65 and 85. Uh, these light carcass thinner cows are below the 65 dollar money on the bull trade. Uh, better quality bulls are mostly from a dollar to a dollar 12. Lighter bulls below 95. Calf market this week on the Holstein bull calves weighing 9,230 pounds uh, from 75 to 170. Uh, pepper calves mostly from 30 to 60, a uh, few up to 95 on Tuesday sale. And beef calves, good demand this week, 175 to 300 on the beef calves. And as I mentioned, we are at Thursday. Uh, we get underway uh, Thursday morning here. Market auction today starts at 11 o'clock. We sell market cows today, fat cattle bulls. We'll get to those baby calves around the 1230 hour this afternoon. 
And just want to remind the folks again, special dairy cattle auction here July 12th at Stratford. Again, a, a very, very nice herd of cows, uh, one of the finer herds that we've had the opportunity to market here. Complete dispersal, registered Holstein, organic milking cows. Um, about 100 cows and heifers will be selling, and a lot of these cows are milking over 100 pounds. Very good components, a lot of pictures on our website. So if you folks, whether you're in the organic business or just milking conventional type cows, there's a great opportunity to uh, get some very good cows and again that will be at stratford next tuesday 12th of july also we do have another small herd uh 25 organic grade holstein and heifers all that will be next tuesday and again i said a lot of information on our website please check that out so bob we'll turn it back to you i know this is going to be a uh, difficult day for you and for all of us in this area here Mm -hmm. Uh, certainly will it certainly will but uh We'll get through it, but yeah, honoring Mark Zimmerman. Hey, thanks, Jerry. We'll talk to you in the morning. You betcha, Bob. Drive careful, and we'll see you tomorrow morning. There you go. Jerry Fitzgerald over at the Equity Stratford Sale Barn. And LS Tractors from Synergy and Andy's Tractor in Cedar Falls there bring us markets. This morning, markets were mostly higher after corn and beans were higher yesterday. Wheat lowered. December corn this morning up 8 at 593. The oats up 6 at 439. December wheat up 25. At eight forty six a bushel, November beans up twenty nine, thirteen fifty two, soybean meal up seven dollars a ton at three eighty six thirty. Country elevator prices, wheat and grain, corn six eleven, beans at five or at fifteen fourteen today. Dummer's grain service in Holman, six seventy two on the corn, fourteen seventy on the beans. At Buck Country in Arcadia, six fifty seven on the corn, fourteen seventy on the beans. Hundred ETNs green at Golden Plump, six sixty eight on the corn today. Baldwin six forty nine and fourteen sixty six. Corn at uh, Duran and Mondovi six fifty a bushel. Beans fourteen sixty three at Duran fourteen sixty six at Mondovi. Elmwood six fifty four and fourteen sixty six at Fall Creek. Corn six thirty four. The beans fourteen fifty five. Osseo six fifty nine and fourteen seventy one. Elk Mound corn at six twenty four. Beans fourteen ninety three at Sparta six sixty one and fifteen oh seven at Ellsworth six thirty four and fourteen fifty five. Ethanol plants, Boyceville, 658, Stanley, 668, and Richmond, 663. Barrel cheese up a quarter of a cent yesterday, 216 and three quarters. Blocks and butter unchanged, 208 and a half and 294 on the butter. July class three up 29 at, thir- at 2239. August down 24 at 2144. September down 41 at 2154. October down 35 at 2205. And November down 44 at 2201. And again, a reminder... The, uh, well, to honor Mark Zimmerman, the visitation for Mark will be today from 2 to 8 at Spencer High School, and the funeral service will be tomorrow on Friday, 11 o'clock, at Faith Lutheran Church in Marshfield, and the graveside uh, ceremony. Mark will be laid to rest at the Thompson Valley Cemetery in Augusta. That'll be at 4 o'clock on Friday, all to honor the passing of uh, a great young man, Mark Zimmerman. We've got 62 degrees, about 83 today. Enjoy it. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Montovi. And the Chilson family of brand dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadar. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.